Steph Curry breaks a record, COVID is breaking the league, and trade season is upon us. I'm going to talk about it right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the Lockdown NBA podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown NBA your first listen every day. We are available everywhere podcasts exist, free Monday through Friday, and also on YouTube. Hello, YouTube viewers. I'm John Corrales. You can find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales, not this little thing that I still haven't changed. Uh, John underscore Corrales on Twitter. I'm host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Also, we're rocking a strong beard game today. You like that? It's it's the it's the winter look. I've decided to just He's let like, it go. It looks pretty good. It it really my beard just likes to grow out. You've always had a very strong, thick beard. Like it's looks like you use many oils and conditioners. I don't. I even trimmed it down yesterday too. Yeah, I've I've just kind of let. I've let the wild Greekness of my beard go nuts. I look like a fisherman now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's just fun. I, I keep trying to tamp it down and it just wants to, like a chia pet, just grow out. So I'm just going to let it do what it's going to do. It, it's getting cold in New England, so uh, we're going to whatever. So today's episode is brought to you by, by Truebill. Truebill is a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you do not want or need and can even negotiate better deals for those that you want to keep. Uh, Jake, have you heard of this guy, Steph Curry? He's uh, he's a pretty good shooter, young fella. Uh, can really can really uh, knock it in. He uh, broke yeah. a record. He broke a record. <laughs> have you been following? I, I heard news? about that. He's <laughs> right. Like I, I think everyone, not, including him, is that this was coming up. But apparently, there's a record that was broken tonight in New York. Steph Curry hit his 2,974th three pointer. And after the game said, I never wanted to call myself the greatest shooter until I got this record. I'm comfortable saying it now. Ray Allen, step aside, son. It's he's, Steph Curry. He's not wrong. He's not. He's not wrong, wrong on saying that. I hadn't heard that quote wrong. yet. That's pretty funny. Look, yeah, it was, it's a good I, one. The, the numbers say it, right? Like watching him says it. That dude has the greatest three-point shot we have ever seen. It's pretty. Yeah. Like it's pretty to watch too, right? Like it's like Ken Griffey Jr. swing-esque in my opinion uh, when yeah, you like look that. at it. And it's like yeah. – it's just like – physically attractive to to visualize i guess it sounds so weird but you get what i'm saying you know, yeah, like, we've never I, seen it edit in some like uh some soulful bedroom music for you you're an <laughs> maybe man look basketball is beautiful here it is. It, he's a shooter like we've never seen right like he does it in every like sense of the word he's a spot up shooter he creates off of the dribble he can shoot long distance it's like nothing we've ever seen before this is so easy to call him the greatest shooter of all time yeah i mean that's i think that goes without saying i think it's it he's he's one of the or maybe even solely responsible for this change in attitude about the three pointer is the bit is the big thing. And this is why I, I, I wrote a piece after uh, it happened actually while it was happening, uh, wondering if the, 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 it was going to be unbreakable, which th that seemed to be the, the tone of the broadcast. And Reggie Miller was like, Oh, there's some first grader out there who might have a chance. And I don't actually, I don't think, I don't think it's unbreakable at all. I think there might be players either coming into the league soon or already in the league to have a chance at it because of the attitude that Steph has brought to the league 
you know, the first few years of his, his uh, career, he wasn't taking or, or making an absurd amount of threes. He was making a high percentage of threes, but between the ankle injuries and the league just hadn't caught up yet or, or hadn't started this whole thing yet. It wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Now he's taking like 800 three pointers where that was unheard of before. So I, I even pulled up like I, I, I because I'm, I covered the Celtics, I just out of curiosity I said, let me just look at where Jason Tatum is. Not that I'm comparing the two at all. And mostly because you can't compare the two because Jason Tatum is nowhere near the shooter that, that Curry is. And Tatum is at 677 through the first 28 games of his fifth season. And Curry was at 728. So a lead, but not like so far and away. So my whole point, Jake, is somebody like Anthony Edwards, who was a 33% three-point shooter, made more three-pointers in his rookie season than Steph Curry. And that means that there are so much, there's so much volume that any, even any good shooter in the first three, four years of his career that, that has the volume that Curry has encouraged over the course of his and, and brought out of the league, that guy's going to be ahead of that pace. And the only question is how good is that player to have that longevity? Is that player going to have the Steph longevity to kind of keep that run going? But guys are shooting 800 three pointers in a, in a season now. There's volume that's going to be had. That was that, so that was a really good point that I hadn't thought about because kind of when I think about this one, I do think it, it feels like it's going to be unattain, unattainable. Part of that is look, look, he's he's 33. He'll be 34 this year. Dude's got could have like six to eight more years, right? And in the twilight of his career, he's going to kind of morph into that like Jason Kidd esque player, where Kidd went from not making threes to making threes at the end of his career because that was the only way to stay in the league. So when Steph just becomes kind of that outlet guy, kind of like Ray Allen was, right, at the end of his career. Sure. He's going to be able to make a whole lot of threes and a whole lot more threes as time goes on with him. So I think this one. Again, it's probably longevity that's going to put it completely out of reach, but it, it's going to be tough to see someone coming close to this. But no, you're not wrong. Like everyone's just ripping threes now, taking a lot of threes. That's the one skill shooting, right? That you need to come into the league with, I think, right. which means someone's going to do it. Also, by the way, I, I don't know. I saw some, I thought this was kind of cool, right? Because I think of Steph's, the first big breakout game he had was against the Knicks back in February of 2013, his fourth year in the league. As you mentioned, he had those ankle injuries that kind of kept him from being the player that we've seen him be. So he had right. that big, what, 54 point game against the Knicks, kind of a coming out party for him. So to be able to kind of set this record in Madison Square Garden, which does have like this aura of mystique around it, kind of cool, like bookends to me on everything with him yeah it was a real special moment to, to have it happen in, in, at msg i mean you players love playing at msg they, they don't necessarily like playing for the knicks but they love playing in that building <laughs> and that i mean the, that whole crowd just the, the moment the whole thing um stopping the game and, and having that whole allowing it to play out i thought was was really cool and, and by the way there was a game the the warriors won they beat the Knicks 105-96. Nice effort from the Knicks. Uh, I don't know what else there's to say. They were missing a bunch of guys, Obi Tobin, R.J. Barrett. Even Walt Frazier was in the COVID protocols there. Uh, I thought the Knicks played well enough. Uh, they have a problem that they need to con you know, figure out in Evan Fournier. They already have benched 
Kemba Walker. Now they've got to they should probably put him back in the lineup in some capacity. <laughs> they probably should and take Evan Fournier out, who was one of five in this game for two points and really has done nothing. Uh, but he had a very nice uh, point at Draymond Green as Draymond went in for a dunk. He did a very good job like pointing at him as he drove down the lane, which was which was fun. But yeah, Fournier, Fournier is an issue in New York. Nice win for the Golden State Warriors. The Knicks are not good. The, the Golden State Warriors are, even though they had weird flight stuff, uh, you know, couldn't get into New York until the actual game. They still, you know, with Steph, uh, I think it helped. And I don't know what you think about this. I think it helped that it was only two three-pointers that Steph needed. Yeah. Get that out of the way early. Get all the pomp and circumstance out. Then get focused on the game. I think it was still a distraction throughout the course of the game. But, you know, uh, they early enough where they were able to get over it. Yeah. Look, th this had kind of been an issue for them, right? Like they were kind of out of sorts. They hadn't been playing like their style of ball of passing it around a lot. You saw a lot of ISOs then just kind of kicking it out to Steph. Their assist numbers have been down over the past couple games because they're just trying to get Steph this record to kind of get this over with. There's got to be, on top of it being like a cool moment for everyone, and I loved all the stuff they did. I loved having Ray Allen there. I loved having Reggie Miller call the game. They're probably th so thrilled that this is like finally done. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good to have it over with. And now they can just move on and focus on basketball and all of that. All right, but as I mentioned, a bunch of Knicks in the COVID protocols, a bunch of NBA players in the COVID protocols. Going to talk about that next because we had a battle of the COVID teams. Brooklyn is one of the hardest hit. Uh, that game, the Phoenix game, the, the overtime thriller, two overtime games we're going to talk about in the next segment. First, let's talk about stance. Jake, are you a Sox guy? Do you... You put effort and thought into your socks. Look, I'm in an office. I wear suits a lot. You're kind of wearing boring office clothes. I love stance socks because you get to really just show off your personality by wearing these things. Yeah, I think socks make the outfit. Stance has some incredible socks and they've partnered. I mean, if you're looking for a unique gift, this is today's the day that you got to order to get this stuff in time for Christmas. If you're still doing your shopping, if you want a unique gift, stocking stuffer, they've partnered with Wu-Tang Clan, Bob Marley, The Goonies, Star Wars, The Office, Major League Baseball, the NBA. It's, I mean, that's a wide swath of, of uh, partners there. Anything that you can uh, anticipate, uh, any taste that you can anticipate. Uh, they were founded in 2009. Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. They have a whole new line. So you have shirts, joggers, and hoodies. They're incredibly comfortable, incredibly well-made. It's a whole new line of active apparel. If you've liked their socks, and some people have heard us talk about this and heard me talk about it on my podcast, they come back to me like, I have the Celtic socks, I love them. Check them out. If whatever fan of you know, want some Golden State Warrior socks, go ahead and check them out. They've got a ton of options. Go to uh, stance.com because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel and expression, like Jake said, self-expression through socks is like awesome. And you're going to get a ton of comments. You know, Stance believes the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. So those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use the promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Jake, uh, the Brooklyn Nets 
went out there and played an overtime game against the Toronto Raptors, won 131-129. Let me run down the list of Brooklyn Nets in COVID protocols. James Harden, Bruce Brown, LaMarcus Aldridge, DeAndre Bembry, Javon Carter, James Johnson, Paul Millsap. That's more players, I think, than they were actually on the bench for, for they, Brooklyn. Look, they almost couldn't play. Kevin Durant was questionable, and you need to have eight players to play. And if he wasn't playing in this one, they would have had seven active guys, and they could not play a game. So this one went off by, like, the skin of everybody's teeth here, I think. And he played 48 minutes. <laughs> 48 minutes. The the Blake – I'm sorry, the uh, Kevin Durant minutes watch has been funny. He, he said – I, well, I don't know if it was before this game or before the last game. He said I might go out there and play 48 just to just to mess with you guys. And there was an overtime game. And he played 48 minutes and 11 seconds with 34. Oh, points. it just had a cool triple double during all of yeah. this too, right? Like just was killer down the stretch to kind of send this one to overtime. And it just, right. dude is a freaking cheat code at basketball, man. Like 34 points, 11 assists, 13 rebounds, eight of eight from the line. Like no big deal whatsoever. Yeah, just casual, just casual out there. Um, obviously, Patty Mills, another big game. Patty Mills, like, he's is he the best free agent signing uh, of this past summer? You could see that when they made that move, right, of like, oh, it's so yeah. annoying. They get that guy who's kind of been like quiet with San Antonio, right? He was always a good player. I always liked this guy a lot. And then you put him on a team where he can just really shine their good. And it's like, oh, look what he's capable of doing if they need him to do that. And then he's fine not doing that, too. And it's just like the perfect player for them. And he was great in this game. Yeah. I mean, he's, he was great. He's been great all season. I mean, this is seven such- made threes, seven of 14 for 30 it's, points. Like, my goodness. Right. It, back to my point before about how much volume. Patty Mills shooting seven of 14 from three. These guys regular taking regularly taking. 12, 13, 14, three-pointers. It's, you don't even bat an eye at this anymore. Jason Tatum took 13 the other day, and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Like It's it's insane how many three-pointers these yeah. guys are taking. Look, you know, also the most insane three-pointer in this game, though, probably Scotty Barnes with like a couple of them made in this one. The rookie was outstanding for them in this one. That move he had from the right corner of he drove – backed out, then somehow did like a side little step back, drains a three, and yep. it's just like – I wasn't like I was pretty high on him coming in, right? He had like some sort of kind of enigma status around him, but like Chad Ford of Locked On really, really liked him. I don't think anyone was expecting him to hit threes like this. At one point, he grabbed an offensive rebound. I th- maybe it was his miss or not. That just decides to dribble it out to the three point line and just turns around and shoots and drains it. And it's like, oh man, if he's going to have that kind of quick release and be able to make those shots, this dude can be really special. Like this- no one was prepared for that. <laughs> When when he went, people were like, "Really, Scotty Barnes here? Huh? Okay, yeah. all right." And and now here he is. He's he's one. Basically, he's fighting Evan Mobley for Rookie of the Year uh, at this point. Uh, seven of thirteen in this one. Three of five from three. Twelve rebounds, five assists. That three of five from three was almost four of five from three. That half court yeah. heave. That at the end, the, the in overtime. Yep. Yep. In overtime, the, he had a chance. He had a chance to win this game and it only missed because he was just he put it a little too hard it was right off the square and it just bounced too hard off the front uh but that was yeah scotty barnes is awesome like toronto toronto is still like kind of up and down and, and it's hard to figure out exactly what they're going to be long term still not sure what they're going to do 
with you know moving forward who they're going to keep and who they're not going to keep. But look, you still have Fred Van Vliet doing Van Vliet things. He was great in this point. clutch yeah. three, right? Like to give yeah. him a chance to win potentially. This was just a fun game, man. Fun like game. just back and forth, like shot making defense kind of had everything you want down the stretch of a basketball game. And then another fun but game. It's overshadowed was- by yeah, right. the, it's overshadowed by the COVID stuff, right? It's overshadowed by the COVID stuff. Let's, let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this Phoenix game real quick because okay. let's, let's finish off the basketball and because I thought it was overshadowed by a Phoenix Portland game that should have been, uh, I, I told you before the, before the game, like, that's ah, going to be a 40 point game. But then you realize like Portland is shorthanded and Phoenix coming off. I think they're on a back to back and this was a, a, a trap game and they almost fell into it. If it wasn't for the, the Blazers going six of, of 11 from the line in the fourth quarter, missing five free throws. Phoenix, I mean, uh, the, the the Blazers would have won this game, but in the end, it's Chris Paul. Uh, that, that Chris Paul, Damian Lillard battle for a while was amazing. Chris Paul comes out on top. He made sure they had like, – Chris Paul was masterful in the fourth quarter and overtime of this one. He was – so other than the bad shot he took at the end of, what, regulation um, – but anyway, he was just like, that is where he's just like a wizard with a basketball, right? That's where you refer to him as the point God of just getting a good look for Phoenix every time they went down the court. Aiton was great in this one. He was really good. I'm glad we get to see 30 from Lillard. He's been struggling. Yeah. Look, look, Aiton missed, what, nine games with an illness, a non-COVID illness. Um, and he comes in and plays 44 minutes. He, he was awesome. Chris Paul is Chris Paul. And, and you know, same thing manipulates manipulates the game very very well uh draws those frustrating fouls but you know does just enough to keep his team in it Cameron Payne hit a couple of big shots late uh you know it's it's a shame for the Blazers who have now lost 6 in a row who are in, in complete disarray that they couldn't uh hit those those free throws down the stretch i mean Norm Powell had one uh who else had i think Covington no that wasn't Covington uh someone else someone else had one Nance had one uh when you're when you're Make your free throws. When you're the Blazers, this is what happens. And, and and it's a shame, but oh well. All right. So locked on Blazers has you covered. Locked on Suns, locked on Raptors, locked on Nets. Great, great shows. Warriors, Knicks, all great hosts, all great shows. All right. But you're right, Jake, before this whole thing was overshadowed by COVID. And this is both like expected. I read Baxter Baxter Holmes' piece on ESPN saying that the league knew that after the holidays, this was going to be expected. There's going to be an uptick. But this isn't just an up. This is an outbreak. We we were supposed to talk about another game tonight, Bulls-Pistons. That got postponed because of COVID. I ran down the the Brooklyn uh, COVID health and safety protocols. Giannis goes into health and safety. Dante DiVincenzo, fresh off an injury, is ready to come back. He's in health and safety. Dwight Howard, Taylor Horton Tucker. We've got dozens of guys in health and safety protocols, and the league just marches on. Yeah, you know, you're seeing like mini outbreaks, it feels like, with teams, which, you know what, makes sense. They're traveling a lot. They're in close quarters. Uh, This is to be expected. As you said, the league was kind of expecting it, but this is starting to be a bad look, and losing, say, Giannis is – kind of one of those eye-opening things of like, you can't do that, right? Like I, I kind of, you know, so they need to start postponing games 
and maybe think about like, let's shut everything down. Let's take like a winter recess, right? Like let's have winter break here. Let's shut everyone down for a week or so. Let people get healthy, get over this to come back and play. I think of this kind of, the NBA needs to look at this a little bit like their their rest policy, right? The 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 load management stuff. They hate that. They don't want you to pay for tickets to not have Giannis show up. Like he's coming to New Orleans on Friday. People bought tickets. They're not going to be able to see him because he's out due to COVID protocols. It's not the look they want, right? You want people to be able to go and see these stars, to see these players, and get a complete experience. You can't. You can't give them that right now. And so where does the league kind of finally draw the line of this is what we need to do? And it feels like it's postponing games, shutting things down to a certain degree, whatever that looks like. Right. Yeah. And I I think I think one of the things that the the NBA has to take a good hard look at is that it's 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 slowed down. It's testing. It relied on vaccinations and now they're pushing the booster shots hard. And one thing that we've learned is the vaccination does a great job at preventing um, a lot of, you know, a, a, a much bigger outbreak. It doesn't prevent, it's not a hundred percent effective. And for those people who get it, who are vaccinated generally have lessened kind of symptoms and all that stuff, which is good, but it's not, it's not a cure. It's a vaccination. And so I think the league kind of like a lot of people in general relaxed, and it was like, Yo, we're not going to test quite as often. We're not going to do certain things. And, you know, we're playing in full arenas and, and each municipality is going to have its its thing. But I can just tell from being in the arena in Boston, people are supposed to come in and show proof of vaccination or proof of a negative test. Fine. But you have proof of vaccination. That doesn't mean you don't have it. And every player that's warming up is coming off and there's a crush of people just like it used to be before the pandemic, people leaning over with pens and, and balls and autographs want to be signed and people, the, the mask slips down and, and players are exposed. They're out there. They're warming up. They're not, they don't have masks on and they're right there in the crowd of people. And you don't know which one of those people is asymptomatic vaccinated, but carrying. And then it hits, then it hits a locker room. You just don't know. So I just think the NBA is now they've gotten to a point where they do need to continue postponing games and finding a way to make it up later on, but also they need to tighten up some of these protocols in the arenas. They need to make sure that it, okay, fine. People want to get their autographs. I get it. Be strict about the masks when they're leaning over and give players a mask when they're walking off the floor. So when they sign their autographs, there's a layer of protection there. So that, that that's what the league needs to do just to make sure that we're, we're getting past some of this, I just feel like the cat's out of the bag now. We're we're in too deep, and you got to do something. You got you got to do something. You got you got to tighten things up. I'm not saying like shut the whole league down, but you're gonna you're gonna have to tighten up the enforcement around the league and around these players and, and around the fans and all of that. So we'll leave it there. We're gonna come back with our real or fake segment. Real or fake? Now that the trade deadline or the the first of uh, trade possibilities is open on December 15th. So we'll get into our real or fake next. Very real is the bet online. Uh, bet online is going to have you covered for more props, odds, and lines all season long, more than ever before. They remain your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated 
desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code Locked On to get your bonus. So from basketball to football, hockey, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. There is no gamble when it comes to Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. You are running out of time to get stocking stuffers. Get yourself some Built Bars right now and stick those in the stockings because unlike the candy bars that you might be going for, these are low in calories, low in sugar, low net carbs, low in fat, but high in protein. But they still taste like a candy bar and there are so many flavors. It doesn't matter who you are choosing them for, whatever flavor profile they enjoy, you can find it on built.com. Make sure you're using promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off every single order. Every single time, LOCK15 will get you 15% off at built.com. Nut allergies are fine. There are plenty of options for people who have that. If you're on a keto diet, no problem. That works there. Go ahead and grab yourself some. Dip your Built Bar into a cup of hot cocoa while you sit there, satisfied with your work, buying gifts for everybody by the fire. It's a great option there. Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, 15% off your order at Built.com. Hi, Jake. How you feeling about trade season? Happy trade Let's season! Let's go. Man. Yeah, this baby. Is like, this is when the when the when the real league starts. Screw all these basketball games and all, awesome on court play stuff. We're gonna get some player movement potentially oh, this year. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm only like uh, partially being sarcastic. No, I'm being fully serious. We're we're gonna. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll talk about it. First, uh, I want to thank everybody for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Why not make your second listen every day? Uh, Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Just told you about Bet Online. They're on a heater. They'll they'll help you out, make some good decisions out there. So check them out where we get your podcast. All right, it's time for Real or Fake. We need like a God voice over there. Real or Fake. Uh, <laughs> that was really good. That was like really that? good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Real or fake at, on this December 15th where the league can now kind of open up for business, uh, a significant majority of the league now available to be traded on December 15th. Uh, real or fake, Jake, we are entering into what's going to be a busy trade season. So it's 84% of the league can now be traded. 84% is eligible to be traded. I love this because I think this is actually going to be a, I think it's real. This is going to be a busy sure. and big trade period leading up to the NBA trade deadline. There's dominoes that just have to fall, right? Like Ben Simmons has got to get moved. They can't afford to have him out all season long without getting something else in return, even if it's not what they want. That's going to be a domino that has to fall. Something has 
got to happen with the Portland Trailblazers. They just cannot keep, you can't fire your, your GM, your president of basketball operations, Neil Olshay, even though he might've been fired for other reasons and not just do something because it feels like you're about to run into a bad spot with Damian Lillard. That's going to shake things up a whole lot. You got the Kyrie Irving aspect of things. That's kind of a loose end that needs to be tied up. Then you have teams that like shouldn't be buyers, but they want to be buyers. So does that mean they overpay for people? The Pelicans, despite being last place in the Western Conference, are rumored to be buyers, right? The Kings probably want to get into the playoffs they want to be buyers let's remake everything and get kind of silly with it and i think that that's what we're going to end up seeing like you've got indiana that has like two or three pieces they could trade right like there's a i look at this one i'm like oh man like there could be a lot of movement i think interesting i i i can see your points in all of this i'm gonna say fake that this is not going to be an active trade season because I'm not disputing any of your points, but how many, how many true, true, true sellers are there out there and how many buyers are there out there? I don't know that there's going to be a lot of sellers. So there are a few, you know, Houston can move a couple of guys. The thunder are always open for business. Um, Sacramento, like you said, there's, you know, Orlando has a, you know, the Pacers are very well docked. So those, those are teams for sure that will have their their the, the for sale sign out front on the front lawn. But when you look at the standings, and and the only caveat to what I'm about to say is if some of these standings kind of break off, like glaciers yeah. jumping off, you know, chunking off the iceberg, uh, or icebergs chunking off the glaciers, everybody is in contention except for like five teams. And so there are not enough, there's not enough selling out there for all the buyers who might want like the, the, the teams out there, like, yes, Portland should absolutely do something. Are they, I don't know. They're still in the play in race for, for all of their, 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 they've lost six games in a row, but they could sit there and be like, look, we just got a new coach. Dame says he wants to, to figure this out. Hopefully CJ can come back from this, this really bad collapsed lung situation. Uh, you can make a little bit of a run. There's room to make a run here. All of these teams are within striking distance. Even the Sacramento Kings are four games out of the sixth seed, right? So how? Yeah, no, I'm with you. So, and then in the East, it's even worse. The Pacers are eight and a half games back. They are, they're they're eight and a half games back and they're third worst team in the East. So even they theoretically, not realistically, but theoretically they can sit there and be like, if we just figure some things out, then, then maybe we can go on a maybe Karis LeVert figures some things out and we get a couple guys back from injury and 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 there's a little bit more cohesion. They can make a run. So, are they willing to to have that fire sale that was rumored before? I think this is going to be a quiet trade, not quiet, but less than expected trade season. I think we have an incredibly insane, wild, bonkers July. That, that would also be fun, too. I, I get your point. Like, I think the Kings are buyers. I think the Portland Trailblazers are buyers. So the question is, like, who are the sellers, right? Right. And I think that's that's a bit of a problem. There just aren't enough. And I think this is kind of – like, I'm sure the NBA is kind of happy about this, right, that a lot of teams want to be buyers because they feel they're in contention. And that's probably because of the play-in tournament a little bit, kind of making the playoffs in the postseason feel more reachable than ever before. So maybe that's, 
you know, just a side note as like an, a success there. Um, so I think that could that could present some problems, but we're going to see some big names move. Like, I think that's kind of going to be fun. Like, you're going to see a trade and it's like Ben Simmons goes to Sacramento and all, you know, we're going to freak out on Twitter. Sure. And those moments is like a collective community are actually really fun to be a part of. So, no, give me a bunch of those. Let's let's have some I, fun this year. I got a question for you. All right, let's let's say I'm right because of course I'm always right. Um, <laughs> okay, no, yes, John. <laughs> yeah. Yes, John. <laughs> let's let's. All right. Anyway, uh, it, let, let's just say that the because I think there is a prevailing attitude that the play-in tournament has increased the number of teams who feel like they're in it. So that makes a few teams at the bottom less likely to sell. Right. There's there, if you still if yeah. you're if, if making the, the playoffs is important, you're less inclined to sell. So it does it does tamp down, I think, the potential for these trades. Does the league enjoy the parity of what the play in tournament is giving them? Or because people love player movement so much, July is always the highest traffic that any any basketball outlet yes. will tell you. July is when you get the most eyeballs, the most listens, the most anything. If if the NBA loves player movement and the play-in tournament kind of slows down player movement or discourages it, is the NBA happy or not happy about the play-in tournament? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I think you have both, right? Like, look at what happened with Orlando last year, just offloading big-name players to multiple teams, Aaron Gordon to Denver, Vucevic to Chicago, while also still having a lot of teams really chase the play in tournament. It just takes, like, one or two teams to kind of bottom out, like, say, Indiana, as an example, or potentially Detroit trading a guy like Jeremy Grant and maybe some other players that they have and going full-on youth movement to kind of create that because it's just, like, you know, we're having a fire sale here in Detroit, here in Orlando, here in Indiana. And that's enough to help facilitate it when they're giving up two, three players and you have two teams do that. All of a sudden, that's a lot of player movement and you still have teams kind of chasing that play in tournament. The, pro the problem is those playing tournament teams that overpay for some of those guys potentially could set their franchises back longer term. But cool, we get we get the rush of endorphins in the short term and everybody wins. It's interesting. I, I don't. I don't know what the answer is to my own question. Yeah, I don't know if we, I don't know if we have like concrete data either way on that yet. I don't think. Yeah, I, I wonder how that's going to work out because the parity of it all is is certainly something that makes makes sense. But if if the trade deadline is just going to be boring, then the NBA might be like, uh, we'd rather have a exciting an exciting trade deadline than give some tenth seed hope for, uh, to, to sneak in and get destroyed by the one seed. Like what does, what yeah, does that's that fair. do? You know? So I, I don't know. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. All right. That's where we'll wrap it up. We'll leave it there. Uh, thank you everybody for uh, checking us out here on, on Wednesdays. We've, we've been so lucky with just so few games that uh, this is great to kind of have like more in depth conversation. All right. Uh, Thank you for checking us out uh, on Wednesdays. I'm John Corrales. I am host of the Lockdown Celtics. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake, and I host the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Watch the show. Share the podcast. Tell your friends they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown NBA podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.